0: It's funny, when we have kids, as we all know, they all watch the same films over and over again. They'll repeat them, they'll repeat them. And they will actually only enjoy the things that they nearly have seen before because they are familiar with them. And my mother was the same. She liked things that she was familiar with. And ironically enough, one of the movies that my mother used to re-watch was Groundhog Day. Okay, campers, rise and shine, and don't forget your booties, cause it's cold out there. Jane, will you put on a film? Yeah, Groundhog Day. Jane, is your loading? Groundhog Day. My mother was a lover of the arts. Believe it or not, I studied 19th century French poetry. <laughs> what a waste of time. She loved flowers, she loved poetry, she loved everything positive in life. She loved good food, she loved good wine, she loved the nicest places. La fille qui aimerait sera James, bon will you put on a film? Yeah, Grandhog Day. Matin. I knew mum didn't have that long left. I knew I wanted to record what was happening. Well, will you? What? Give me my 50 euros. Yeah, do you wait a few minutes, mum? Yeah. Will you give me my 50 euros? was small stuff at first, things like watching television programs that she would never usually watch like Jeremy Kyle or those late night quiz shows that you have to phone into. She also began wearing odd combinations of clothes, say a tracksuit top with a strand of dressy pearls. She began living in my pocket. Every day when I got home from college her car would be parked outside my house. I began to feel depressed every time I saw her black Renault Clio. At other times when I was visiting in friends' houses, I'd find her parked outside waiting for me to come out. There was lots of other stuff as well. She fell out with her best friend, but didn't care, and started being horrible to her own 80-year-old mother. I was finding myself excruciatingly embarrassed in situations where she flirted openly with men, and her conversations became increasingly sexually overt, no matter who was around. I began to monitor what she did and where she went obsessively. I'd drive by the pub to see if her car was parked outside. If it wasn't, I'd call everyone she knew to see if she was with them. It got to the stage where I couldn't stand when she was with me and worried about her incessantly when she wasn't. I liked living with you. I love you. Do you, ma'am? I love you too. Uh. What would you do if you were stuck in one place and every day was exactly the same and nothing that you did mattered? My aunt Rosine, I would drop my mother to her in the morning and I would go into college. And I'd usually have a couple of hours in college and then I and then I'd have to come back. And when I picked her up and I brought her home, she would the first thing she would say is, "Can I get a bottle of wine in the car?" and "Can I get a little can I get a little bottle of wine?" can I get a little bottle of wine and I'd say no you can't have a bottle of wine because the wine exaggerated the demented way that she was. Well can I get a little bottle of wine? No. No more drinking, okay? Well I am. No. But when you said no to having a little bottle of wine what happened was then was that she would she she wouldn't stop she would never stop asking you there was no way that you could ever create the situation that that she would stop she would just keep on asking and asking and asking how are you doing this i do want to bring i told you no. i wake up every day right here right in punksatawney and it's always february 2nd, i do want one and there's nothing i can do about it. You are pushed to the limits of what is humanly possible to bear. And. I do want one. You read about other people that have put pillows over people's faces and smothered them and that kind of thing. I am. No, you're not. And you really, really understand. I am. You really know where they're coming from. Going out to get myself a little bottle of wine. Nope. You can't criticise anybody for doing that because unless you've actually been in that situation I know. you don't know what it's like. You don't know what it's like and you are, as I said, you're pushed to the limits of what you can bear. Well I am. Uh, you're not. She's wearing pyjamas all day with stripy socks and red slippers. Her feet remind me of a Jim Henson puppet version of Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. It's funny because that's a film she has always been fixated with. She even took the name Dorothy for her confirmation. I began trawling the internet again, and this time I googled words like regression and young people. I hit on it straight away. Pick's disease. I'd never heard of it before, but there it was describing my mother to me with every detail of her behaviour accounted for a frontotemporal dementia which although rare can affect people as young as 30. It is a progressive disease and a sufferer can live anywhere between 2 to 15 years. Mam is much worse now. She has been living with me full time for the last two years. If I had to describe her mental state, I'd describe it as simple and getting simpler. I understand now what simple really means. I'm going out to have a smoke. It's only half seven in the morning. I know. It's five past... Ten past eight. Ooh. Very late. I would literally light a cigarette for her. Ned Ryerson! And then she would not even be finished when she would ask me to light the next one. And so on and so on all day. <laughs> I did have a couple <laughs> of puffs. Jane, please. <laughs> Phil? Hey, Phil, come. Ned well, sit down and watch the film. Come on, sit down and watch the no, film. No, I won't. Come on, sit down and watch the film. No, well, then, what are you gonna do then? Well Not a chance. <laughs> Ned Ryerson Jane, please. That for me was was one of the cruelest things to see somebody that you love that cannot be fulfilled they're empty they're so empty and they're looking with futility around and with the simplicity about themselves because they don't understand looking for something to save themselves and I remember I remember at one stage I, I, I actually almost got to the stage that I felt like going out and, and trying to score heroin for her something that was going to stop her stop her feeling so empty because I couldn't bear to watch it anymore couldn't bear it you're very very uh, upstanding How do you mean? I don't know you're confident with me are you? yeah I love you I love you too. Ah. Do you? I do. Ah. I do. Well, that's the best. Shortly after I recorded this piece, my mother collapsed from respiratory failure and was admitted to hospital. She stayed in hospital for the next three months. I knew one Monday morning on a visit to her and she hadn't managed to put on her ever-present makeup, that things were taking a turn for the worst. By the end of that week she wasn't waking at all. I remember I was watching the Late Late Show and I was getting up to turn off the telly and when I turned and looked she was awake. I couldn't believe it. It was like getting the biggest gift. The gift of time. Time to communicate how much I loved her. I got into her bed, chatted, cried and eventually fell asleep beside her. Throughout the night, as I woke intermittently, I saw that she was awake all that time, just staring at the ceiling. As always, I wondered what she was thinking about. She stayed awake for the next day. This time when she fell back asleep, she didn't wake again. The following Wednesday morning she died. I wasn't there. I felt that horrible paradoxical feeling of a huge sense of relief, with an adrenaline rush of some kind of excitement. It's only in the last few weeks that the real grief has hit me. I miss her so much. The haze that hid her true self from me lifted very quickly after she died. I don't think of her as her sick self anymore. In actual fact, it's the last few years that have become hazy and unclear now. I keep expecting to hear the clacking of her high heels on my wooden floor. I want to keep her with me. I still have her possessions. I hold on to her little compact mirror, keeping it closed. Knowing that the last face ever reflected in it is hers, sealed there forever. I love you, Jane. Thanks, Brian.